Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Eber. Great to be with you as we look forward to another weekend of Olympic ladies soccer. Uh, the men's uh, not so interesting. It's just an under-23 tournament. Plus, Premier League friendlies, uh, the silly season fully underway. Let's take a look at it all and some big stories percolating in the world of football as FIFA uh, start toying with some of the fundamental rules of the game. Let's talk about that. I'll give you my opinion. So much to get to today. Uh, I'm with you each and every week, like 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern time, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. Uh, we talk the beautiful game here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM, as well as iHeartRadio. Tune in, the award-winning Sirius XM app. And I'd like to welcome to the show all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. It is a pleasure and a privilege uh, to speak with you. If you miss any part of the show, uh, don't fret, don't worry, don't berate yourself. Uh, no need for self-flagellation uh, because you can get the show on our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. Uh, where they have loads of other great football content, by the way. Uh, uh, by the way, I want to talk about a, a great discussion I'm going to be having next week with the host of the Barcelona show on Believe. Uh, we're going to talk a little Barcelona football and uh, some of the real challenges uh, they are having uh, over there uh, as they attempt to uh, really deal with the hangover of an unrestrained and un- uh, mitigated spending spree. Uh, those are the topics on the table. Find me on, on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I do want to take this moment to tell you not to be a numpty. Please, if you're listening to this show and you're in the United States, go and get vaccinated. Don't believe all of this BS you've been told about this vaccine it's available, it's safe, it's free, it'll stop you getting violently ill and potentially dying. So don't be a complete twat. Go and get the vaccination. Tell them Nick Eber, World Soccer Radio, told you to do it. All right, I'll be right back after this. <laughs> Broadcast Network, Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. So, very, very early tomorrow morning, or for me, it's really like tonight at 3.30 in the morning, but actually it's tomorrow at 3.30 in the morning, obviously. That's, uh, I believe, East Coast time. That will be midnight. Just after midnight, we're going to kick off match day two of the women's soccer in the Olympics. About the only interesting thing at the Summer Olympics. Now, I'm going to give you a breakdown of the matches and of the odds. Uh, but I want to tell you, if you're going to place a wager on the Olympics, whether it's women's soccer, men's soccer, 
volleyball, beach volleyball, nose picking, BMX, uh, tiddlywinks, you know, whatever ridiculous new sport they've added to the Olympics. There's no better place to do it than betonline.ag. And I do have a lot of sponsors on the show. And by the way, I thank God for that. Uh, because without the sponsors, this show doesn't happen. But I'm very picky about the sponsors that I have on this show. I actually have been using betonline.ag for a long time. And I can tell you, I have never had any trouble whatsoever with betonline.ag. Money goes in, money comes out, no problem. There's great customer service in terms of the sports that you can select for sports betting. It seems to be never-ending. The various bets are never-ending. Everything from money lines to prop bets to futures, you name it, they got it for you. And if you like, for example, soccer, what do we have? I'm just looking right now. CONCACAF, Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, Champions League, Olympics, Olympic women, U.S. national team. You could even bet on the Algerian League if you want. And, of course, they have basketball, baseball, hockey, football, martial arts, boxing, uh, you, you name it. They got it, folks. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. If you go over there right now, they'll give you a 50% bonus on your first deposit. That's right. You heard me right. A 50% bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so why don't we get to it then? Uh, why don't we have a chat about... Uh, the women's uh, football in the Olympics because we have match day two. Now, obviously, uh, the tournament is reeling from the 3-0 defeat that the U.S. suffered at the hands of Sweden. Now, uh, in that U.S. group is Australia and New Zealand as well as Sweden. The top two get out of the group. Now, um, uh, it makes, in many respects, this match the U.S. is playing against New Zealand, a must-win match. And what shocks me right now are the odds on it. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But to give you an idea of where we are on this, the uh, New Zealand lost 2-1 to Australia. So right now in Group G, you've got Sweden and Australia on the top of the group with uh, three points. Uh, New Zealand and the USA uh, both at the bottom. Actually, the U.S. dead bottom because of goal differential uh, with zero points. Now, the, each team obviously plays three games in the group stage. Uh, and so that makes it, uh, uh, you know, a, a situation where the U.S. team really has to win. I predict Sweden will beat Australia. I mean, this Swedish team looked absolutely terrific. So let's take a look at some of the odds, courtesy, obviously, of betonline.ag, and see where we are and see who is sitting uh, where and how. And right now I'm looking at some of these odds, folks. Uh, the USA are, are actually favorites against New Zealand with, uh, with pardon me, are, the, are the, not the favorites against New Zealand at minus 108. You have to take the U.S. versus New Zealand. You have to take the U.S. Minus 108, that would be uh, that would be the pick right there. That is minus three goals. So you're definitely going to take that uh, right now. 
let's have a look what we've got here. So let's take a look at the game here. Excuse me. Chile, Canada. One, minus 103, minus 117. Uh, I'm going to take probably on the Chile-Canada Chile game. Uh, why don't we start at the top, shall we? Uh, Chile-Canada. I am going to take uh, Canada for that. Getting a 1-1 draw against host Japan was a good result for them. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, Canada. Uh, Great Britain are playing Japan. I'm probably going to take Great Britain. thought they had a really good, uh, really good game. Uh, for their first game beating Chile 2-0, although it is Chile. Uh, for Group F, the Netherlands, Brazil, China, and Zambia, uh, we are now, uh, Brazil will be facing the Netherlands. Now, both of these teams racking up goals. Brazil beating the Chinese women five goals to nothing, and the Dutch whomping on the Zambian uh, Copper Queens by a score of 10 goals to three. Now, China are a much more developed program than the Zambian program. Uh, so this match for me is a little bit of a toss-up, actually. Um, I am going to take Brazil to win this game. And um, I believe Pia Sundhaj is the coach of Brazil. I believe they are going to beat the Dutch ladies. And I think Brazil will win. A big result. I suspect China will beat Zambia. Uh, in Group G, uh, I suspect the U.S. will beat New Zealand, I suspect Sweden will beat Australia. There you have it. Those are my picks for the women's Olympic soccer. Be sure to head over to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and uh, make those bets. I think you will really appreciate it because, uh, if you ask me, uh, this is the best sport in the Olympics. Uh, you know, why, why don't I like the Olympic Games? Not that I don't like them. Um, I mean, I appreciate the fact that for many of these athletes, track and field athletes and the likes, uh, gymnastics, it is the big stage for them, and it is great to see them shine. However, um, it's the addition of all these stupid other sports that really no one gives a snot about that I, I think has really made it dumb. Plus... I think the Olympic Games and has become so overly commercialized and, and is uh, such a lack of a value proposition for the host country. It's difficult for me to get behind the Olympics when you know that countries are plowing billions of dollars into infrastructure for sports when there are people starving in the streets. Okay, maybe not in Japan, but you know, Japan have their own problems. They have a huge COVID outbreak right now. They have massive public health crisis going on. They still have radiation leaking from Fukushima uh, reactor meltdown from a few years ago. Remember when the storm destroyed the nuclear reactor? Plus, apparently, they have sewage in Tokyo Bay, where they're planning on holding some of these uh, water events. So why are they having to spend billions of dollars on sports infrastructure. I will say this, for as much as Michelle Platini was corrupt and crony, uh, was into corrupt, was corruption and cronyism and all of the rest, his idea of a pan-European Euros, I thought was absolutely brilliant, and I would love to see that as the model going forward. You know, you can always have people bid and fight over who gets the final. 
And for the World Cup, making these sort of continental World Cups, don't put the burden on one nation to have to spend all this money on sporting infrastructure that it really doesn't need. Most of these things that get built just get dismantled afterwards. All right, that's my opinion. I'm Nick Eber. This is World Soccer Radio. We're presented to you by betonline.ag. I'm going to step aside, take a break. When I come back, let me tell you about some new cockamamie nonsense that FIFA's trying to foist, on, foist down your throat in terms of some rule changes. Uh, let's talk about it after the break. Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning Sirius XM app, the American Forces Network, and the podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Eber. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, or Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. So if you listen to Florentino Perez, the head honcho over at Real Madrid, uh, and you are a young person, I would ask you this question. Uh, do you find football matches boring? Do you find football matches long? Because Florentino Perez, the genius behind the European Super League, the guy that is desperate, desperate, desperate to convert the face of European and global football into more of an American-style sports league, where, if you ask me, sports is secondary to the spectacle, he would tell you they are. It is boring. The games are too long. They're dull. This from the guy that runs Real Madrid, a team with, uh, that has won more Champions League trophies than any other team. Largely by spending more than every other team over the course of year over year over year and building quote-unquote Galacticos, a team full of massive superstars. But I don't think Florentino Perez thinks that's enough. He is supportive of FIFA in their attempts to uh, develop quote-unquote the game. They're testing this in a massive youth tournament. They have five fundamental rule changes that they're going to be implementing for this tournament and looking to see if these are implementable in the men's and women's professional game. Here are the changes. Grab a bath bag, folks. 30-minute halves. That's right, we've gone down from 45 minutes to 30 minutes. But here is the difference. There will now be a game clock that will stop when the play stops on the pitch, for whatever reason. A free kick, throw in, a corner kick, penalty, injury, what have you, stripper, streaker, water break. The clock will stop. So there's no added time. A la American football, a la basketball, hockey. The game clock, the one on the board, is the official timepiece of the game. 
I'm going to comment on these in a second. I'm just going to put these rules out there. That's number one. Number two, corner kicks will be basically dribble-ins. In other words, the bloke taking the corner doesn't have to kick it in or pass it. He can actually dribble it in from the corner. I don't know why you would want to do that. No more throw-ins. They're going to have kick-ins instead. Arsene Wenger on record saying that the idea of a throw-in is that the team throwing the ball is supposed to have an advantage. They really don't anymore. Um, I, you know, again, these are the rules. I'm going to bite my tongue here for the next couple of minutes, and then I'm going to tell you how I feel about them. Unlimited substitutions. If you have 20 players on the roster, 11 on the pitch, 9 on the bench, you can play all 9 if you want. I don't know what the discussions are about re-entry, if you're on, you're on, what have you, but, but that's what they want, unlimited substitutions. Now, just to be fair, there seems to be a movement that has taken place and has developed for five substitutions in a game. Instead of three. Now, I'm going to tell you what my feelings are about that in, in a second. But what the proposal here is that it is unlimited substitutions. And the last and final change they're proposing is a rugby-style sin bin. In other words, if you get a yellow card, you have to exit the pitch for five minutes and your team will play shorthanded for five minutes. So those are the proposed changes. Again, 30-minute halves, official game clock, kick-ins kick for corners, dribble-ins, pardon me, dribble-ins for corners, kick-ins for throw-ins, unlimited substitution, and a five-minute sin bin. So I don't even know where to begin unpacking this for you. But I, I, I'm going to do my best. 30-minute halves and the clock, official clock on the pitch. Absolutely not. I, I, are we really so lame to not realize what Florentino Perez is doing here is essentially turning the beautiful, free-flowing game of movement, which is soccer, into American football, which is a game of short plays. I read a statistic once that over the length of an American football game, the ball is actually in motion only six minutes. By the way, it doesn't mean it's not a fun game or an exciting game, and, and there are American football games that I've enjoyed. It's not my favorite sport, in all honesty, but uh, that's, you know, I'm not criticizing the game and the, and, and the way it exists and has evolved. But to apply that to soccer is ludicrous because soccer is not a game of individual plays. It's a game of free-flowing movement. It's a game of it's a game it's a game that speaks to the skill and imagination and athletic expression of the players. So if you're stopping the game every five minutes for four minutes or three minutes, 
for a corner, for a throw-in, for a foul, for someone rolling on the ground, what have you. Uh, and then you're, the next inevitable step is that break will now be 30 seconds so that we can play a commercial. And now, all of a sudden, Florentino Perez, you're talking about a game where it's going to take an hour to play that 30-minute half. It also changes the athletic makeup of the player. The one thing that soccer players have is enormous endurance. The ability to run for two 45-minute halves, to run miles and miles, sometimes at a sprint, sometimes at a jog. It's going to change the type of player that can be a successful professional player. And then if you add into that unlimited substitutions, look, maybe we're going to get to the point where you've got a, you know, we're going to get to American football land where you've got a penalty-taking specialist. Imagine that. You've got a guy, like a kicker, okay? You've got a guy whose only job is to, to score penalties. Well, you know, hey, we got a penalty. All right, substitution ref. I mean, you've seen this in youth soccer if you've been around it for any length of time. You see it to a lesser degree in college soccer where they have uh, a lot more substitutions and re-entry allowed. It is a different game. It changes the overall makeup of the and flavor of the game. So, for me, unlimited subs, no. They have made a move already to go with five substitutions for a lot of tournaments. And, you know, I have to tell you, I'm a game purist. I like 45-minute halves. Uh, I, I've been okay with VAR, but, I, but I'm actually okay with five substitutions. And the reason for that is I think it's a different game now than it was way back when. I think it's a lot more athletic, and I think there are a lot more games that these players play. And I think we're going to see m less long-term injuries if you can make five substitutions. But that is it. Uh, that's for me personally... That's where I draw the line. Five substitutions. The last rule change they want to implement, and this one is highly controversial, is a, quote, sin bin. Uh, like rugby, if you get a yellow card, you have to come off the pitch for five minutes and your team will play shorthanded. Much like in hockey as well. If you get a penalty, you get to go into the penalty box or the naughty box, as my sister calls it. Uh, for, you know, two minutes or three minutes or whatever the length of the penalty is, depending on the infraction. And your team then plays shorthanded. Now, this one is a little bit more interesting. I, I, I'm not against this rule on principle. I actually think it might make the games more interesting, and it might potentially do away with some of the cynical diving and, and fouls that we do see. Uh, it would fundamentally change the game, though. The game today would be different than the game yesterday if we had sin bins, and I'm not sure if we're looking for continuity of success and continuity of records and all of those things that we would be looking at the same sport. So I guess my answer to that is no. Good idea, not bad at all. I, you know, that one's not as... as, as immediately 
it doesn't get as visceral or as reaction as the 30-minute halves. But no, what's wrong with the game as we have it now, Mr. Perez? Are you looking at Barcelona and their balance sheet and saying, mm, I think that might be us as well. We need ways to make the game more accessible, make it more Americanized? I'll be right back after this. This is World Soccer Radio. Uh, welcome back, World Soccer Radio, Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time. Then again, midnight Pacific, uh, 3 a.m. on the East Coast on Sports Overnight America uh, for you early birds out there. Um, we're discussing some of the rule changes that FIFA are suggesting and are testing out in one of their major youth tournaments. I think some of these are really stupid. By the way, they're being tested out in the at the Future of Football Cup youth tournament. We talked about dividing the game into two 30-minute periods. The clock will stop after each interruption, such as basketball, and the hope is that this guarantees an effective 30 minutes of play each half. Unlimited substitutions. Kick-ins rather than throw-ins. And a five-minute sin bin. The problem is this. Most of these changes, and, and I'm going to run down the list, 30-minute halves with the clock will stop, absolutely not, no. 45-minute halves, referees in charge of the time, will have added time, used to be called injury time, if you remember, um, there. Kick-ins instead of throw-ins, no. Five-minute sin bin, great idea, because conceptually, I think it would be fun but it would change the face of the game to the point that it would not be the same game. It would be like hockey. Imagine in hockey if you did away with the penalty box and said, you know, if a player gets two penalties, they get ejected from the game. So do the whole yellow card, red card thing. Try that in hockey for a minute. It would change the face of the game, right? And as nice as the idea of a sin bin is, it would make too much of a, of a change. So, no. The last one, unlimited substitutions. I don't believe unlimited substitutions are the answer, but certainly we could take what we've done post-pandemic, which is five substitutions, so you get an extra one if you go to extra time. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of good reason for that. 
whether it's uh, the highly compressed schedule now that teams are playing forget the pandemic forget operation restart forget having to squeeze a season into you know a season that's too much shorter in general teams are playing more games now than ever not every player is a Lionel Messi or a Cristiano Ronaldo or a Ibrahimovic that can play well into their 30s because the wear and tear on some of these players is a lot and much of the damage done by that wear and tear comes when they are close to exhaustion on the pitch unable to be substituted because the team's already had its three i am actually in favor of five substitution rule six in overtime uh six if we go to extra time for whatever reason if it's a tournament uh i am in favor of that rule I think it's better for the game, it's better for the athletes, it's better for the teams. It cares better for the players. And so on that basis, I am totally in favor of it. So there you have it. Of all of these, I'm going to vote for that one. But it's not unlimited. I'm going to vote to limit it to five substitutions, six in a tournament if you go to extra time. So that's my changes. What do you think? Would these changes ruin football? Let me know. Find me on Twitter, at Nikiba, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me there or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Uh, just a little programming note. You know, there is a meltdown situation right now happening at Barcelona where they have, they are suffering the after effects of uh, a... Uh, full-on, full-blown, unmitigated, irresponsible spending spree. Uh, Real Madrid, much the same, although we're not quite as sure of their financial difficulties. Um, and it's never been more visible than in the Lionel Messi re-signing saga. where in order to re-sign Lionel Messi, he's had to take an enormous pay cut. And they still have no way of bridging the gap at Barcelona. I'm not going to talk about it today, but I'm telling you next week, I've got Javier Hernandez, the host of the Barcelona podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We're going to talk about the meltdown at Barcelona, and let's talk about what it means for the future of the Spanish game. Okay, let's talk about some transfers because the silly season is in full effect. Of course, that team in Manchester that has apparently no ambition and is a laughing stock of the world, according to uh, their supporters club, has just made the biggest signing of the summer, signing Jaden Sancho, the long-awaited signing, uh, and the much in demand a uh, young Jaden 21 year old Jaden Sancho English international a right winger uh, for 93.5 million dollars I actually heard it was 100 million pounds so this is what transfer market is telling me so uh, plus they bring in uh, Tom Heaton a goalkeeper from Villa on a free transfer uh, that's what's been going on primarily at United. There is talk of them wanting to sign Rafael Varane. I believe they will get that done at some point. 
that will be two huge seasons, two huge signings for United as the Glazer family um, back up their trust in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer with a lot of money. Uh, let's go to it. Arsenal's big signing, Albert Sambi Lukonga from Anderlecht. <clears throat> the central midfielder comes in, 21 years old, love, young kid coming in for a little under 20 million. Uh, Nuno Tavares, 21-year-old left back from Benfica comes in. Uh, on the way out, uh, Guendouzi goes out to Marseille on loan. David Luiz has been released. William Saliba has gone to Marseille, um, and so on and so forth. Aston Villa's big signing, Buendia from Norwich. 42.4 million. Out. Mbwana Samata to Fenerbahce. And Tom Heaton, we just mentioned that, going to United. Brentford, the new boys. They're bringing in Christopher Ayer from Celtic for 17 million. And uh, Frankie Onyeka from Midland, a central midfielder for 11 million. Plus a couple of under 23s. They're bringing in uh, young Miles Pert Harris. I doubt you'll see him getting any first team action. Uh, and uh, Mads Bistrop up from Brentford B. Uh, going out, a couple of free transfers as Brentford look ready uh, for to compete in the Premier League. Uh, Enoch Mwepu for Brighton, in from Salzburg, uh, plus Kiel Sherpen in from Ajax. That's a goalkeeper and central midfielder, uh, respectively. Actually, the other way around. Mwepu is the central midfielder. Uh, Sherpen is uh, the goalkeeper. Um, out, uh, Johanna Baksh going to Feyenoord, uh, Matty Ryan going on a free transfer to Sociedad, and David Proper going to Eindhoven also on a free. Uh, Burnley bringing in Nathan Collins from Stoke City for 15.4 and a couple of free transfers. Uh, J uh, Jacob Badeau from Scunthorpe, uh, who is a centre-back, and Wayne Hennessy from Palace on the free. Uh, going out, Ben Gibson the centre-back, Sultan Norwich, for £10.3 Let's talk Chelsea, where they have a lot of loan uh, cancellations. Uh, but they have sold Tomori for £32 million, Victor Moses for £5.5 to Spartak, and Giroud going to AC Milan uh, for £1 million. Uh, not much there. Uh, but still, to see, still yet to see any big signings from Chelsea. They are making big uh, noises that they are heavily in the market for the likes of Erling Brad Haaland. We'll see if they get him. They have big money to spend. Let's see who they bring in. Crystal Palace bring in Mark Guahy, centre-back from Chelsea under 23s. He's 21. He will see first-team action. That's why they're bringing him in. Uh, Michael Elise from Reading, uh, an attacking midfielder. Another kid, 10.3 million. Be interesting to see what happens. And Remy Matthews from Sunderland. He is an experienced goalkeeper coming in on a free. Um, going out, Andres Townsend going to Everton on a free. By the way, nice piece of business for the 30-year-old. And Wayne Hennessy, the goalkeeper, going to Burnley on a free. Nathaniel Klein, uh, Gary Cahill, Scott Dan, Patrick Van Arnholt, uh, Sarko, Wickham, Connor Wickham, all released and now without clubs, but all, by the way, older players well into their 30s at this point. Everton. Well, I mean, you know, the story right now at Everton Football Club, let me see how I'm doing for time here, um, is uh, the uh, fact that Gilfie Sigurdsson has been suspended pending the police into investigation into an allegation, and again, I say allegation of sexual abuse of a minor. I make no opinions about it. If it's true, it's shameful. If it's, if it's not true, then, you know, Gilfie will have been... Um, will have been uh, 
acquitted or not charged. So the jury is out. I'm not making, uh, casting any aspersions. I'm just telling you that's why he has been suspended by Everton. Meanwhile, they bring in Damari Gray from Bayer Leverkusen, actually a really nice little, uh, a nice little uh, piece of business they've done there, bringing in the left winger for, five, for two million. Andres Townsend mentioned that, nice business in from Palace. And Asamir Begovic, the goalkeeper in uh, from Bournemouth, we don't know how much that's for. So Rafa getting his stuff um, out. Uh, Bernard to Sharjah FC, the left winger. And then some older players, Theo Walcott going to Southampton on a free. Matty Pennington, Shrewsbury on a free. Josh King, uh, you know, I don't even know if you know who he is. Leeds United bring in Junio Firpo from Barcelona. The left back, nice signing for Leeds, 16.5 million. And Jack Harrison from Man City, the young left winger, comes in at 14 million. Uh, out P Pablo Hernandez, Kasim Bowie, uh, Barry Douglas, Kiko Casilla, and Matej Bogush all going out on free transfers. Uh, once again, I'm just going to, guys, how am I doing for time? Ooh, I'm kind of getting close on time here. All right, uh, Leicester City, big signings. Patson Dacker from Salzburg for 33 million, and Bubakari Sumare from Lille from 22 million. That's a center forward and a defensive midfielder, plus bringing in Ryan Bertrand, the left back from Southampton, on a free. Some really nice business for Leicester City as they look to compete. Uh, Liverpool bringing in Konate. We mentioned that for 44 million. Uh, we will see uh, who else comes in. Uh, Man City, the only one so far has come in is Scott Carson from Derby County on a free transfer. 35-year-old goalkeeper giving some cover. Uh, Man United, Jaden Sancho. Uh, Tom Heaton, we talked about that. Out Pereira, Chong, and Romero. Newcastle bring in Florian Lejeune. And I have got to go. I will come back from break. We'll have just a couple of minutes left. I'll run down the remaining transfers in the Premier League, and I'll be back with you on Monday. In the meantime, I'll be right back after this. This is World Soccer Radio. All right, just a couple of minutes left here on World Soccer Radio. I want to run down the rest of these transfers so far as of this Friday. Florian Jeune uh, has uh, come in from Alavej, end of loan at Newcastle. You know, waiting to see what happens at Newcastle. Norwich City, wow, they have made a number of moves here. Milot Rashica from Werder Bremen for 12 million. Ben Gibson from Burnley for 10 million. Uh, Dimitrios Giannoulis from Salonica for eight and a quarter million. Uh, Pierre Lemelou from Nice for eight million. And Angus Gunn from Southampton for six million. Norwich doing what Norwich didn't do last time, which is uh, beefing up for the Premier League. By the way, some of that funded, the 43 million out funded by the Buendia sale to Aston Villa for 42 million. Uh, Southampton bringing in Roman Perot from Stout Brest and Theo Walcott on a free from Everton. We talked about that. Uh, Angus Gunn being sold. Tottenham, uh, really nothing to report except one fourth uh, from Villarreal. Was, uh, was, went to Villarreal, then came back uh, then went out on loan. Uh, Watford bring in uh, Imran Luza from Nantes, uh, Emmanuel Denis from Bruges, and Matty Pollock. So there you have it. West Ham, Craig Dawson come in. Wolverhampton Wanderers bring in Al Nuri, Joseph Saar, Mosquera, Bola, and Trinaco bring in some players, and that will round it up. I'm sorry to rush through this, but, you know, time 
is a commodity, and we are fresh out of it here on the show. I'll be back with you Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern time. Just a reminder, we are sponsored by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. If you want to place a bet on the uh, Women's Olympic Soccer or any of the Premier League friendlies that are going on right now or the Gold Cup or what have you, uh, the best place to do it, folks, is at betonline.ag. If you go there and sign up right now, they'll give you a 50% bonus on your first deposit. That's right, a 50% bonus on your first deposit. If you missed any part of the show, never fear. You can uh, subscribe at Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. Reminder, a teaser for you next week. Uh, I'll, be ta- I'll be talking Barcelona football <clears throat> with Rafael Hernandez from the Barcelona show. Uh, be interesting stuff as the once great Barcelona, now a team in meltdown. All right, folks, uh, that's going to do it for me. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll speak to you on Monday. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.